In this episode of 92Y Talks, Noah Centineo discusses his breakout role in Netflix's To All the Boys I've Loved Before and its sequel, To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You, with Evan Reel. The conversation was recorded on January 24, 2020, in front of a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Y. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome tonight. We're so excited to have you here with us. And uh, what a... <laughs> yes! Let's give it up. Let's give it up for the man of the hour, Noah Centineo. Um, really, really quick. Do you mind really quick? Can we, bring, can we bring the house lights down just a little bit for one second, just so I can see everybody's faces? Or the stage lights, or house lights on stage. Ah, ah all right, I see you guys. There we go, I see. That, okay, that's better, right? Yes. Can you guys, can, we, can you just do me a favor? Because I get, I get nervous before this stuff. Can we just take a, a cumulative breath in together? Is that cool? That's cool, so, let's do it, guys. So on three, we just breathe in, hold it, and then breathe out, okay? Just for me, please. Okay. All right, lead cool. us. So let it out. One, two, three. That did nothing, huh? No, I, no, I felt that. I, I feel much calmer. I feel way more centered. Let's do this thing, right, yeah, man. I'm, I'm ready to talk. Let's um, talk. All right, so what, what a warm welcome. Does this yeah. all still feel surreal? The, the crazy response you get when you just walk into a room. Yeah, it's nice. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a... Uh, it's, it feels like it, it's overwhelming at times, but then it's not, right? Because I feel pretty whelmed right now. I don't know. We're yeah. overwhelmed or underwhelmed. <laughs> I'm whelmed right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My heart beats fast, but it's just, you know, it is. It's crazy to, to know that you guys were impacted and you, you're such big fans of the film, and I could be a part of that. It's wild. Yeah, well, speaking of the fandom, like myself, I'm sure everyone in this room tonight is so excited that To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You was finally coming to Netflix. <laughs> Are we, are we so pumped? Yes, okay. So, uh, obviously, Lara Jean and uh, Peter Kay might be on the rocks. Um, we will get into that, but how... I mean, how, what's new, man? <laughs> how, how do you feel now that it's finally out? There was so much anticipation, so it must be such a relief to finally get it out there. Yeah, yeah, we, we did the second one, honestly, not so long ago. We did the second one this last summer, and uh, I don't know, man. It, Ever since, ever since we got there, we, we did the second one, we took a month off, then we did the third one. So we shot them real quick. So the third one's done, don't worry. In the can. Peter has hair in the third one. <laughs> we Even love though the I shave don't. head, by the way. We love to see it. Yeah. Wait, actually, I remember one time you said that you would be willing to just shave your head and play a villain. Are you trying to tell us something tonight with this haircut? Are you about to play a villain? No, okay, not I mean, I mean, you know, I wish I could say yes. Yeah, but, uh, but, but no, 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 we've been... Uh, We've been really focused on, on to all the boys, and uh, I took the last five months off, and um, I hurt my leg, so I need to recover from that, and uh, you know, but yeah, I, I'm I'm super stoked for everybody to see. P.S. I still love you, and uh, the third one, of course, but I think you guys are gonna like it a lot. Now, a lot has changed since the first film for you, and we'll get into those changes. Mm -hmm. But first, with this franchise, it. Just, it was an instant phenomenon. So with all this attention, while you were filming the sequels, did it differ in any way? Did you have to keep things top secret? Were there fans hanging out like by where you guys were filming? What, what were the major changes? Yeah, yeah, we were staying at this hotel in Vancouver. There were, there were usually fans outside. It wasn't, it wasn't crazy though. Um, nothing really changed on set or between any of us. 
Okay. It, it was it was it was just like the first film, if not, it was an even deeper connection between everybody. And then having Jordan Fisher, do you guys know Jordan Fisher? <laughs> that dude is so special, so talented, so kind. He's doing Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway here in New York. Y'all gonna see that too, right? Come on. Um, yeah, no, he, I've known Jordan since I was 15. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, okay. we, we, there's a whole circuit of like young kids and young adults in Los Angeles that audition and uh, if you're lucky enough or you know, somewhat good enough, you can get callbacks. And he was always getting callbacks, man. Director sessions, chemistry reads, producer sessions. And uh, every once in a while, I would get to see him. So having him come and join us was incredible because he's like, yeah, I've known him for a long time. And having Ross Butler join us too. Yeah. You know, these are, I've known Ross for, for a little while. And I actually lived with Ross for two months. And then four or five months later, he was like, hey, I'm going to be in your movie. And I was like, oh, what? what? a full circle moment. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Well, back to Jordan Fisher. He's playing John Ambrose, who's about to mess things up for Lara Jean <laughs> and, uh, and Peter Kay. Um, what, why do you think he was the perfect guy to play John Ambrose? Because I know Noah was telling me backstage that there were a lot of chemistry reads, and Jordan just kept killing it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, Jordan got the role because he, he was the greatest actor, you know, hands down. And, uh, but beyond his acting ability, which is clear, um, he's the kindest soul. And that's who John Ambrose is, you know, and, and when, trust me, I know, that's how I feel. Every time, every time I see Jordan on screen for our film, I just, I just like swoon, like I swear. <laughs> He is, and he's like that in real life. You see him and he's just like so connected and like with you when he's talking to you and, and gives you all of his attention and his heart and you just feel like warm, you know? So that's why I think he got it, man. He's, he's the best guy to do it for acting and just personally, man, that's why. So everything you said just then sounded so beautiful. Are you team John Ambrose? <laughs> like. So we have. You're Peter. So, wait, hold on. Really, before I answer that question, um, let me like just by sound. Who here is Team John? Be honest. That's not that, bad. I, was I good? I don't know. That, that was better than expected. It, but, right? but here's the. Well, if we were to do this again after they watched the film, that's right. That I, would be a I different have seen sound. Guys, I think. and I was shipping them hard. I felt kind of bad about it. Well, who are you shipping? I ship them both for different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's hard. I, I was telling Noah that when I was watching the film, like my heart was like going this way, then it was going this way, and then it was like in a tornado. I didn't know how to feel, so I can't wait to hear what like, all the fans think when everyone watches Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Here's, here's what I'll say. Jordan is Team Peter, and I am Team John. So, so how does that work out with acting when you're like acting in these scenes and you're like, oh wait, but I really like John Ambrose and Lara Jean together. Like, uh, well, uh, well, when we're when we're acting, I'm like, hey man, fuck you. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. Sorry. <laughs> but see, I'm like, hey man, get away from my girl. That's my girlfriend. You okay. come up here, you stepping in right now. But like, when you take a step back, you're like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of works. Yeah. Here's, here's what we like, and 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 Jordan will say the same thing. I believe that Peter and Lara Jean are perfect for right now. I think they're together, they're, they're in high school, it's passionate, that, you know, I'm team Peter for now. But I think, you know, maybe after college, later on in life, it's possible that maybe, like, John will come back around. Oh. And suddenly, oh my God, John, John Ambrose. <laughs> we, I brought, you brought pizza to that thing, right? <laughs> 
I think it could work in the future. So, well, so that, that kind of goes into my next question. About a year ago, uh, Lana was on this very stage, and she was asked who she thinks Lara Jean should end up with in the end. And she's actually said that the question keeps her up at night, that she like <laughs> can't go to sleep, because this is what she's thinking about, like, Peter or John Ambrose, what do I do? <laughs> so, but she, after some prodding, she eventually said, Peter. But she did say, but that's before we even shot the sequel, so who knows? So it is kind of like, how are you supposed to feel? So after seeing the sequel, yeah, yeah. we're talking about like end game, like marriage. Who should she end up with? Yeah, John. John, okay. I mean, unless, right. unless Peter grows up a lot. So Peter's, Peter's got some work to Peter's do. Peter's great, right. but he's a bit, you know, like he's, he's, no, Peter is fantastic and he's emotionally intelligent, but he's not like super emotionally intelligent. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, he makes mistakes, and it's like mistakes that you would be pissed at if you were a girlfriend. You know what I mean? John is just, like, super sweet. Peter, Peter gets by, though, and he has some of the best moves, which I want to talk to you about. A, a little bit ago, the director, Susan Johnson, yeah. she said that some of Peter's most swoon-worthy moves are actually your idea, like making sure that the popcorn was okay, <laughs> or can we talk about the... the pocket hand twirl thing that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still, <laughs> like yes, that is, that is absolute perfection and I'm still trying to teach my boyfriend how to do that. Like I, I need to get that down, you know? Yeah, man. So where do you, where do you come up with these ideas? Cause they're, they're t they seem small and minute, but they're very impactful. Is it just cause you're the most romantic person on the planet? No. <laughs> yes? Um, <laughs> I can't, I don't even, it's, you know, when you're channeling something, <laughs> you can't really describe where it comes from. You know, like, I honestly don't know. Like, we were, we, you know, <laughs> you know, we're standing here, and then we got the camera coming behind us, and you got Susan over there, Michael Feminari. He directed the second and third one, and then it was the DP for the first one. Okay. And he's all like, all right, they're all like, all right, just go for it. You know, walk in, face each other, do the thing, and then, you know, move on. And I'm like, like that, there should be something there. It's like, a little more space, like, oh, right? All right, well, but the, but the hand in the back pocket, that I was like, and then it was just it hit me. I don't know. I was like, I was just spinning around. Let me do it. I was like, hey, just like, just like go with it. And she was like, what? I was like, nothing. Just never mind. And then we walked, and, and she was like, <laughs> you know. And um, she, she can see she's kind of like surprised when it went down. And I don't Can know. We get a mob because you just melted everyone's hearts. Like they <laughs> are all over the floor. But like that's the thing with acting. How many people here want to be acting or something like this? Raise your hand. You okay. Know. Hell yeah! Come on. I want to be a director. All right, there you go. Well, then it's you know the the, the that moment is kind of the same, right? The director, you you create a safe space for the actors to feel comfortable enough that they can experiment, and the actors have to be bold enough to make choices to experiment. And um, you got to trust yourself. And you know, you, sometimes it's just weird. It's like you just get this random idea. Kind of like if you were hanging out at home and then you went, I'm going to go for a walk. It's like the same thing. You're like, I don't know. I don't go for walks, but I'm just going to go for it. It's kind of the same thing, you know? And um, I don't know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's important to be able to trust people as well that you work with so that you can make decisions and feel safe enough uh, that they'll, they'll accept them, you know? So trust translates into hand pocket twirls. There you go. <laughs> Very okay. simple. Very simple. Um, all right. The, d the dynamic between Peter, Lara Jean, and John Ambrose has often been referred to as a love triangle. But you have said that's not how you would categorize it. How would you describe what's going on there? 
Lana, Lana's character, Lara Jean, is committing emotional adultery. Wow. That's, that's, a, strong, that's a strong word, Noah. I'm kidding. Okay, let, let's talk about it. Okay, T talk me through that. No, no, look, I, I, there's multiple definitions of a love triangle, and this is not a polyamorous relationship. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's for sure. But, you know, it is a love triangle in the sense of you got, you got a girl who's the, the de like desired by two different guys, right? And she's already dating one, but then she meets another dude, and, you know, he, he's not the same, but he's, he's different, but he's just as good in his own way, you know? And there's a lot of that in life. I, I hate whenever someone asks me, like, hey, man, what, what's your favorite song? Who's your favorite artist? What's your favorite color? I'm like, I don't understand why we categorize things as, like, favorites. You know, it's understandable. Some people are like, this is my favorite, this is my favorite, this is my favorite. My favorite changes with the wind, you know, like with the tide. It's all up and down. So being able to appreciate different things for what they are is, is far more fruitful to me because then it's not a comparison. It's the same thing when you see people on social media. You know, you look at someone else and you're like, that's better than what I do. And that's not okay. That's just different than what you do. And if you don't like what you're doing, you can change that. And sometimes we just get so caught up in what's on these screens or what's out here and what that person is doing and that person is doing or my grandmama is doing or something like And we forget that we have a whole world right here that we can, that we can, that we can impact. You know, you, you, can, you really are in control and it's, you don't feel like you're in control a lot, but that's just because of culture. You know, you're totally in control. I, I was in a really dark place when I was younger. And I thought I was not going to make it as an actor. I started acting when I was eight years old. And uh, by accident, my sister was auditioning for an agency, and I got dragged to the audition. I just wanted to go play soccer. And they were like, are you going to audition? And I was like, absolutely not. So how, how did they end up getting you to audition? Well, they said they thought that I would be good at it. Oh, and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I guess I could be. And I was eight years old, and I was like, you believe in me? Oh, that's, that is sweet. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the issue was they were just going to, like, get headshots, you know, and charge me two grand and then, like, give me one workshop, and then I'd never work a day in my life, like 99% of the other people. But somehow I got, I got lucky, and I, I continued, and I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I think that was more so in the beginning mm -hmm. what led me down the path was I liked doing it. A lot of kids were doing it because their parents made them do it. I liked it. You know, fast forward years and years and years, I, I moved to Los Angeles, and then I'm auditioning and auditioning and working here and there, but I'm just not getting it. I'm, I'm like about to turn 18 years old, and my parents are like, dude, get a job, <laughs> enroll in community college, it's not working. And you know, they weren't quite that intense about it, but they were like, dude, you've been acting for almost 10 years. And they were like, you can keep acting, but there comes a time when you gotta face reality, right? And, and for them, they thought I wasn't, it's not that they doubted me, they were like, you gotta make sure that you have a backup plan. Yeah, you, that you should be taken care of and, and take care of yourself. And it's a reasonable request, and I understand why they, they asked me that. I probably would have asked the same thing of my kid or yeah. somebody, like, hey man, like just, you know, you don't wanna be homeless, right? And so what was the turning point? When did things get better? Well, I, uh, I, I worked a job at this place called Justa in LA. It was like the number one restaurant in LA when it first opened. And I'd never worked in food service before, but... Oh, that's tough. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> I was bad at it. Like, they were like, never worked in food service, huh? I was like, nope. 
And they were like, you think you can work here? I said, absolutely. And they were like, all right. And they let me try. I got fired after my third shift. <laughs> I thought I did great. Well, you know, it's just, you know, but at that point in my life, I was, I finally went, hey, man, you know, there's this stigma for actors and creatives that if you don't make it as a creative, you fail by working a regular job. You, you know what I'm saying? And that's a lie. That is a complete, blatant lie. You can be fulfilled by anything you choose to be fulfilled by. That's up to you. If that means you're going to paint, God damn it, you're going to paint. But if that, means, if that means you're going to drive Uber and talk to people, God damn it, drive Uber and talk to people. Or don't, because some people don't like to be talked to. But like, <laughs> you got to judge that, you know? Well, all right, Noah is taking us to church tonight, y'all. Wow, okay. <laughs> well, the, but the shifting point was when I realized that I would be happy working in service just as a food runner. It was the first time I ever worked a regular job. You know, when I was younger, I worked jobs with my dad. He's an entrepreneur. He started a coffee business. We used to do landscaping. I was like nine years old laying brick on a driveway once. Like, and so I liked working hard. And when I finally got a regular job, right, like not one that allows me to wear whatever the f I want, you know, and, and act a fool. When I worked in service that wasn't a creative job, creative in an artistic sense, though, there's something super creative about culinary arts, you know, and, and, and Anyway, you can find magic in anything is that point of that little tangent. But when I realized that I could do that and be happy, suddenly I released this thing that I desired so much and that I was so desperate to get. And when I released it, I tested for the Fosters, meaning I got a contract for the Fosters with three other people. Who was a fan of the Fosters? Raise your hand. Yes. Yeah! Yes, Jesus. Recovered too, huh? <laughs> So Jesus was the turning point. It was, man, but it was, it was, huh? <laughs> Jesus! I love you guys, too. <laughs> but that show changed my life. Yeah. It changed my life because it was finally, as soon as I released acting, it was like, I guess I will go to school. It was like, no, you're going to be an actor, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was, it was interesting how, that law is so backwards, that law, the, I believe in like certain principles. You've heard of the law of attraction. It's pretty like modern now. People kind of know about that one. So do you believe in the opposite of it? No, no, it's both though. Like, like you know, I, yes, and, yes and no. I believe the law of attraction. If you're really into the law of attraction, you should read a book called Ask and It Is Given by Esther. Oh, that was it? They already had Teachings of Abraham. Know, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Ask and It Is Given. That's the title, correct? Or asking is received. Yeah. yeah, asking is given. That book explains the law of attraction, you know, in so much more depth. But one of the principles in that book, you know, and by the way, don't live or die by anything, you know, like listen, take information in and discern for yourself. It's very important. You can't just like listen to what I say and go like that's the truth. Like no. <laughs> They're all doing that. Yes, no, uh, yeah. Hear, hear what I'm saying and then explore it and then ask why am I saying it. Be like, I don't know if I skepticism is is such a beautiful thing. Because if someone's like, hey, man, if you run out that door, there's like an ice cream. And you're like, hell yeah, you do it. And then it drops 30 feet. You know, it's like maybe I should have been like, are you sure, bro? <laughs> yeah, no, are you sure, sure? Like, you lied, bro. Like, why did, you know? But anyway, it was interesting that as soon as I released it, 
It and I went, you. I'm not, I don't need this. Suddenly it came right to me. Yeah, wow, and, and now, now you're here, about yeah. to drop, P.S. I still love you. Yeah. Yeah. He is, right? He is. That's your, that's your calling, man. After, you. after this acting thing, motivational speaking. For Should sure. I just quit acting, though? No, no, right? No. Well, I'm he, kidding. I'm he technically could because we already got a third film in the can. That's true. The, fr the franchise is over. I don't know what I'm going to do after Wait, this. Wait, so uh, speaking of the third film, mm -hmm. it's early. We haven't even seen the second one yet. Well, I have, but they haven't. What? I'm sorry. I don't mean to rub <laughs> um, What? What can you tease us about film number three? If anything, be very careful. Heidi! No, I'm just kidding. That's my publicist. Help! Um, I'm kidding, you're good. She come out. <laughs> what? What happened? Ah! Yeah. This is a microphone. In case you didn't know. I'm sure. I got I got two beanies. Just in case. I got two beanies. I got one that goes on my head, and I got the other one in case I start sweating. See. It's not about overcoming adversity. It's about overcoming yourself in the face of adversity. You know yes. what I'm saying? Uh, the third movie? Yes, the third movie. You guys want to know how the third movie ends? Do you? Yeah, I bet you would. I'm not telling you. Okay, the, all right, all right, on, okay, all right, okay. But I will tell you this, I will tell you this. Okay. The second film could be a standalone film, meaning you don't have to watch the first movie to understand the second. That's true. That is true. And the third movie, ah, never mind. <laughs> uh, it's a standalone film, too. But was it hard uh, saying goodbye to Peter Kay on the last day on set? Like, was that emotional, or were you like, good riddance, I'm shaving my head and playing He-Man? <laughs> Like, take, take me inside that day. Everybody cried. Of course. But I heard this story. You know what's interesting? Buddhists always say, I've heard this story. They never talk about themselves. It's like some sort of part of their practice, I think. So I was like, I've heard of this story. I'm like, I'm, come on, bro, I'm not Buddhist. Um... There's a story about a farmer that has a son, and he loves his son more than, than any father has ever loved a son before. One day, his son gets called to a draft, and he dies overseas in the war. The father doesn't cry, and his wife is a mess. You know, they're at the wake, and, and everyone is crying, but the husband is just calm. He's solemn, but he's not crying. And someone goes, dude, you loved your son more, more than anybody. You know, you, you, you were with him all the time. You gave him everything. How are you not crying? And he goes, you just said it. I made every single moment count with him. I gave him everything I had. I loved him with my whole heart. And I was okay before he was here. And I'm going to be okay after. And I, I read that and I was like, I want to live my life like that. And I fail at it. <laughs> but I do my best. And so when it came to the end of the, the, the series, I felt really calm. Hmm. I, felt, I felt like I had given it everything I, I could, and I felt ready. 
you know, I felt, I felt like, damn, because I, I, I know what it's like to miss something from a lot of examples, like we all do. But like in the profession I'm in, the Fosters, right? I worked on that show for three plus years and then said goodbye. And I was like, yo, it's going to be like that. And it is. It's a lot like that. But I also had been there before. So it was, it was, it's like the second or third time. Nah, it's more like the third time you get your heart broken. You get your heart ripped out once, it's bad. You get your heart ripped out twice, it's really bad. You do it like a third time and you're like, I got this. I'm going to be okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> before I thought I was going to like die, but now, you know, right. so it's, um, but no, yeah, it just, I felt calm and I felt super, super grateful that I had the opportunity to make the friends I made mm -hmm. and, yeah. to, and to try to honor Jenny's books the way that, that we, we tried to, you know, right, I think yeah. you guys are really going to like it. So, you know, unless it's horrible, which it might be, in which case I'll be like, damn, I was really off. Like, <laughs> then that's a possibility, you oh, know. Man, like, they are going to love it. Now, obviously, this is a chance for you to sort of spread your wings, fly into the next phase of your career. What what does that look like? I mean, you've, you've tackled rom-coms, you've done that thing. You, I know you have a bunch of stuff in the pipeline in terms of like films coming out and that, and that you're working on, like He-Man. Um, but what are, what are you most looking forward to? It, it, where do you want to take your career? What kind of roles do you want to choose? Um, <clears throat> it's hard to answer that question because uh, they say you need to know what you want or else you'll get nothing, you know, and that's, I, I, can, I can testify for that a little bit, but I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21 when I filmed the first to all the boys. I just kind of knew I wanted to go somewhere, um, and I'm, I'm really open to just good scripts. I just want to, I just want to, you ever read a book, or you ever like saw an Instagram post, maybe, or something? <laughs> Some people are young here, you know. So it's like, <laughs> I've cried from Instagram videos, not really, you know. But like, okay, it's yes. like video, something on Instagram. <laughs> um, excuse me. I just wanna, I wanna work on something that I can be proud of telling the story, right? I just want to tell good stories, and I want to work with excellent filmmakers. If, if I'm if I'm to continue acting, I need to grow as a person. I need to grow in my profession. And I want to tell stories that continue to inspire people. If I can, my, my goal is not one story, is not one role, is not one genre. My goal is for the kid that is having a horrible day at school, for the hundredth day in a row, to be able to go home and turn on, you know, a streaming platform or, you know, go on YouTube or somehow he maybe has a DVD, if that even exists, <laughs> and he can watch something that I'm in and it can give him oxygen, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> I, want, I want to be the person on a screen that when someone sees me, if only for a fraction of a second, they get this like, boom, the shot where you're just suddenly aware. You know, you're like, damn, like, I'm living right now. Like, I wanna, I wanna go do something. You get these like little sparks of insanity. Robin Williams said it, and you mustn't lose it. And it's so true. You know, it's, it's fickle. 
sometimes you might be in something and then you're so disconnected from your emotions that you just go, ah, whatever, I don't really know if I want to do that. And then you just go on with your life. And next, time, and next thing you know, you're 30 or 40 years old and you never followed that thing that your heart was telling you to follow. And you probably knew it the whole time too. Like, I know if I'm off my path. My heart goes, mm-mm, bruh. Stop! I don't want to. No, I don't want to go. Stop! Like he. I wish my heart did that. Mine does not do that. Wow. Do you, do you talk to your heart? Do you, maybe I, sh- I should talk to my heart a little bit more. That's my takeaway from this conversation. With no, I I'm feel like I learned serious. more than anyone else in this room just sitting here next to Noah. Um, before we hand it over to the fans, I gotta ask Noah. He has started his own nonprofit, Favored Nations, at just 23 years old. I mean, that is incredible. Can you, right? Let's give it up for him. Can, Thank you. can you tell me about what, what, this, what your organization does, who it serves, why you created it? Just tell me. Yeah, everything. yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. Um, so when I booked the Fosters, I had financial security for the first time. I had a career, and I had a contract that lasted longer than a week for the first time in my life. Uh, and you would think that I would have been super happy, right? Oh, you the actor working on a show, you got a couple hundred thousand followers, right? Like, you have money to live at your own place, right? You don't have to couch surf in the valley anymore, whatever it is, like, and the truth is, I was happy, but when I, I actually wasn't even that happy. Like, I got the phone call that I booked it, and I went, okay. I wasn't like, yeah, whoa. I was like, okay, cool, and took a turn, man. I, I, I started partying all the time, you know, and I was, the, the, everyone on set was such a family. It was such a fun, great environment, but I was going crazy. I was experimenting with things. Like, I was drinking all the time, and I was not 21 years old, that's for sure. Um, and I kind of hit rock bottom by the time I turned, I was, tw- I was about to turn 21. And I was at my lowest point. I was depressed. I was anxious all the time. You know, I was self-medicating with anything I could find because I just wanted to run away from my, my issues and my demons. And, and I, I went, anytime I've ever made a decision and regretted that decision, I was under the influence of some substance. And I hurt people because of it. Because I don't hold myself accountable for my decisions because I'm, you know, oh, whatever, what am I going to care in the morning? You're going to care in the morning. And then you're going to do something else that you can forget that you did the other thing. And when that hit, I got sober. Um, I quit everything cold turkey. And for about a year, I just stopped everything. I wanted to take a year off. I thought, when was the last time I was happy? And the last time I was happy, I was like 11 years old, hadn't drank, you know, and was, was like solo. And I dove into that world at 21, the day before my birthday, it was May 8th, on May 8th at like in the morning I woke up and I was like, I'm just not going to drink for a year. And through that journey, I discovered that the only thing that made me feel good about myself, the only thing that like lifted me out of like all these intense feelings I was feeling was helping other people. It was the Simplest thing, helping other people and holding myself accountable for my own actions. And 
I realized that if you take away everything that any of us have ever been taught, philosophy, religion, politics, you know, mom and dad's advice, you know, older sister, older brother doing something, whatever it is, if you take away everything and just look at the people around you, we are 484 people in a room and our hearts are beating. And they've been beating since the moment we were conceived or maybe a little bit after that, right? And they're going to continue to beat until the day that they stop naturally. And I can't take that away from myself, you know? I can't sit here and be like, guys, this was, this was great. Thank you so much, but, you know, I'm done. I can't sit back, snap my fingers, and end my life. I have to use a third-party entity, right? Gun, noose, knife, pills, jump off of a whatever, you know? And what that tells me, bear with me. <laughs> what that tells me is that biologically and inherently, naturally, I am designed to exist, simply to be. I can't help but just be, right, right now. And from being comes experiencing, from experiencing you learn, you learn what you like and what you don't like. You're like, oh, I like it when I do this. Oh, I probably shouldn't do the thing I don't like to other people because they probably won't like it either, right? Treat other people how you want to be treated. Super simple, but it's not that simple. And I, at that point in my life, I decided that if I ever made it, and when I mean make it, I mean if I was ever a success at what I wanted to be successful at, I would turn that success into something that I could help other people come to the same realizations that I came to. I just want to help other people be successful at what they want to do. And being is so intrinsic, but so many people can't be. There's so many issues, right? Everybody works and works and works and works, slaving away to money so that they can temporarily go on a vacation. They vacate this life so that they go on a vacation for a week, two if they're lucky every year, maybe three if you got winter breaks in summer, whatever. But if you're adult, no, and then you go back to, to being a slave, and that's so messed up. That is so messed up. People can't just be. People can't just do what we were designed to do. And so I promised myself if I ever got a platform, if I ever made it, I was going to use that platform to help other people be able to just be. And that's favorite nations. nations. All right. And uh, so I think, I actually think that we have a clip. We have a clip that we're going to show. Noah's going to talk us through this clip and kind of explain more about favorite nations. So oh, hell yeah. let's, uh, let's hit it. So it's real simple. So we, our, the way we're dropping is we're dropping a, a clothing line is one of them. Favorite nations, because you give a shit, here's some gear. <laughs> that's, our, that's our slogan is give a shit, gas. It's real simple, man. You don't have to be this or that. You just got to give a shit, you know what I'm saying? So we got a t-shirt here. And uh, we got our hoodies here, gas hoodies. And uh, <laughs> it says stay sexy. But because we give a shit, this box is made from 100% recycled material. Now... Hell yeah! So, and the proceeds benefit? 100% of the money you spend on the hoodies, the t-shirts, you know, whatever you purchase on the site goes to a charity that you choose. We give you a list of verified charities that are out there doing things in different categories. Amazing. And 100% of the money that you spend on a, on a hoodie goes to that charity. 
And we're dropping it. This is one of our first ways of releasing the company. We want to build it as a brand, man. Philanthropy isn't cool. It should be. You know, that's why I want to be here, right? What you guys have been doing here, like, it's, it's insane. And I just want to, I want to bring that to the younger generation, right? To be selfishly selfless is something I learned. If I'm giving to others, I feel good. It makes me want to get out of bed in the morning. You know what I'm saying? And that is like the gift of life. Like that is like so much better than being like, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to do any of this. Right. So anyway, we're dropping, uh, we're dropping our clothing line within the next month. And um, we're also doing something. I'll just say it really quick. In a few days, we're going to drop our first campaign, which allows someone and a plus one, their friend, to fly to L.A. for the premiere of To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You. Um, and you don't have to buy anything to, to, to get into the lottery. All you got to do is like follow the Instagram, Favored Nations, or you can subscribe on our website. Um, but it's not up yet, so if you want to know when it's up, you can just follow Favored Nations, and then in like three days, this is a, sh this is a shameless pitch, I know. It's like, come on, bro, <laughs> you got all the deeds. Yeah. But, um, about and feel good just like you. Yeah, well, you know, this video is the product of two years of working every single day for at least, you know, sometimes one hour, sometimes 12-hour days. And just because I'm an actor doesn't mean that all I, I'm an actor, or what did my dad say? My dad says, I'm not an actor, I act. And you don't have to just do one thing in this life. That's such an old mentality, you know? You can do one thing that you love and then use that to tangent off. So anyway, this is my other thing, and I'm super hype about it. All the money goes to charity, and we're just, you know. All right, let's, let's get to those uh, fan questions. Oh, this is my favorite part. I cannot wait to see what we got. Oh my God, the penmanship, Megan Sulakis. Where are you? This penmanship is beyond, I'm jealous. Okay, what is the most memorable philanthropic event slash moment your fame has allowed you to partake in? I would, maybe this? This one, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, okay, Kayla. What inspired you to become an actor? Parentheses, I'm a big fan and I love you. I love you. <laughs> Hi, Kayla! I love you so much, thank you. She drew a heart also. Very cute, right? That's nice. Love it. It's Kayla, right? Ah, cool, cool. Um, yeah, man, my, my, I wasn't even inspired to become an actor. I think I was chasing like, like affirmation. You know, I was like, I did something, and people were like, that was really good. And I was like, thanks. You know, and I was like, I want people to tell me I'm good more. So I just kept, you know. And here he is, guys. But, you know, then you find passion, and then I, you know, that was what inspired was the passion from after that. Uh, okay, what, this is from Maria and Julia. They say, P.S., they still love you. Uh, <laughs> what is your dream role to play in a movie? Uh, honestly, this one right now. I'm still in this one. I'm still in, like, Peter mode, so... It's a great place to be. I'd try to be in Peter mode. He is just, he's so cute. I'm trying to be Peter. I really am. <laughs> um, what, what was the most challenging role you've ever played? Oh, that's a good question. Jesus. Anya, thank you for that. Anya? Yeah, thank you. Jesus. Jesus, okay. Yeah, Jesus was, was a wild ride. That was a crazy arc. Um, and I, I learned more being Jesus uh, than I could have learned in any acting school. They, you know, people are like, oh, this is the acting school, this is the acting school, this is the acting school. The only person I would ever tell anybody to learn acting from is Sarah Mornell, and she lives in Atlanta. It's called the Mornell Method. It wasn't called that when I was working with her, but, you know, 
um, she is insane, but like her training allowed me to be good enough to work on the fosters, but then the fosters gave me a training, it was like college and then grad school for acting. Like you just can't learn or grad is that the same thing? College and grad. I went yeah, back yeah, no grad school's after college. I didn't I went to college, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you oh, learn yeah, you just sense. learn from working. It's like you can learn from reading it in a book or you can learn from experiencing. And I've always I've always opted to experience something more than just read it in a book. Although I do love reading. We gotta start reading again. Twenty twenty, yes. reading is cool. Hashtag <laughs> Um, Hashtag all right. read that shit. <laughs> this is uh, from Cindy M, who has a really fun pink pen. Uh, if you could work with any star in the world, who would it be and what type of project also would you consider doing action films? Absolutely, I'd love to do action films. Oh, that sounds so fun. But any star in the world that you wanna, that you wanna work with? Um, I mean, there's there's plenty, you know. I'm a big fan of like Jaden Smith. I, That'd be fun. You know, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of just, you know. I think uh, Greta Thunberg. You know. Yeah. Um, Elon Musk. You know. Okay, yeah. Can we Even Will Smith. Movies? Will Smith is a really dope dude. You know, they're like, um, I don't know. I just want to work with people that are like, like, you know here now and working towards like relieving suffering on the planet and if they happen to be actors and we do a film together sick i love that i love that okay this um this question is from uh, laura jean actually sick. um i'm not kidding from who laura jean she's here in the audience oh what? and she said uh can you marry me <laughs> <laughs> but laura jean you're supposed to get married to john ambrose how big's the ring <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a great one. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> Idalis, Idalis, thank you so much for letting me know how to say that. She, she like spelled it out for me. She's used to it. What a, yeah. <laughs> what a, what a beautiful cool. name. Uh, she wants to know if you ever would do Broadway. Yeah. I, I started off at a, at a performing arts school. I, well, I had to audition to become a theater major when I was 10, and I was there for two years, um, we learned like Commedia dell'arte. If you don't know what the Commedia dell'arte is, you should absolutely study it. Um, it's good for improv, it's good for everything, it's good for comedy. Um, but yeah, I, I like had some classical training for two years and then I moved to Utah. Why, don't ask it, it's weird. Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> Did you like Utah? No, 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 okay. no, no. It's, a <laughs> it's a beautiful place. A little boring. Yeah, no, there's actually a lot to do. I lived in Park City, Utah, and I got thrown into a, a school environment where everybody grew up with each other. So I was the weird kid that came in. Gotcha, okay. And it, and it was a, a lot of exclusion, a lot of alienation, and, and just like, you know, people, young kids can be mean, man. Hurt people hurt people, yeah. and it is what, you know, it was really tough, but, you know, you can always grow. I think I, think I would have been even more of a narcissist and even more arrogant if I hadn't gone to that school okay, and got right. in the, you know, So it worked out, Utah, Utah was a good move for, for whatever Ultimately, reason. yeah, everything, yeah. nothing is good nor bad, it just is, man. You gotta take it at face value, and if you can learn a lesson, then it's good, you know? I love that, all right. Uh, this is from Alex. What is one thing that you're doing to reduce your carbon footprint because, all caps, climate change is real? Absolutely. 
So a lot of people talk about carbon, di uh, carbon dioxide as like a big issue, and like for sure, I, I agree with that, but um, carbon dioxide levels go up and down like crazy on the planet, as they have for thousands of years. The sea levels, actually, Australia used to be, I'm not, I'm saying climate change is real, you're right. Um, I'm not saying it's not. How do I reduce it? I, I pay for my flights. I go and offset them with, uh, there's like a carbon footprint uh, regenerator thing. Oh, okay. And I usually like tell them that I'm like flying private or whatever because then you really, do. I don't fly private, but like <laughs> if you do, then you can offset even more. Um, the clothes that we're using, 100% recycled, but you gotta be, the, the, the boxes that they're shipped in, 100% recycled. Um, you gotta be careful with what people tell you because, yeah, the materials might be recycled, but the process by which they are recycled is actually worse and releases more emissions than like the regular industry. So like, so like you're gonna have companies being like, yo, it's recycled, and you're like, yeah, but it's worse, and they're like, no, 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 yeah, but no, you know? You know, and that's why skepticism is healthy, because you gotta learn. And then the bags also, that you saw the bags that say give a shit, those are 100% biodegradable. Um, and then the clothes are 100% organic cotton, you know, best practice, fair trade, the whole thing. Um, oh, you've got this down pat. Bro, you, you have to nowadays. Yeah, yes, you do. I need to be better for sure. But, but um, what I was going to say is Australia and like Asia used to be connected. And because of climate change, they're not. Well, yeah, right. right, 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 right. But like, but that was, that was over like 20,000 years ago. Yeah. So before planes were flying and industries were pumping shit into the air, you know, the continents were connected and sea levels have been rising for a long time. My issue is with carbon monoxide. And I, I haven't done any research on this, so I'm not a scientist. I don't know what's best. Trust me, this is me being a weird 23-year-old that's speculating and wa who watches a lot of uh, um, missing links. <laughs> if you guys know what that is, you, you're my favorite people here. And if you, you don't know what that is, you still you can still be my favorite people. You just gotta go watch it. Wait, um, I, the the cartoon movie? No, Miss. Oh no no no. Missing Link. It's close. It's a different show on Gaia. Gaia is oh, a okay. different network. It's right. like a streaming platform. Oh, now I'm embarrassed. Okay. If you don't want to do that, go on YouTube and watch Spirit okay. Science. Spirit Science is dope. Okay. Um, but yeah, so monoxide is, I think monoxide is the, the big issue here. And if we need, you know, we can offset the monoxide, you know, that's, because carbon dioxide helps the planet breathe and make more oxygen and it, you know, it's, anyway. Church. I'm going to shut science. up now. We can move on with all of that. How about that? Can I do that? All right, this is, this is a really uh, fun one to end the night on. Noah, how many takes did you go through before the hot tub scene was finalized? Did you mess up on purpose to get more redos? That, that, that's from our girl Maha. Maha? So, yeah, spill the tea. What's up? I, <laughs> yeah, man. So, so that, that scene was shot in the middle of the day. Oh. And they built a massive tent, blacked out tent, that like we were at a cabin in the woods, and they blacked it out with a tent. So, like, you know, it's really bright outside. You're like, damn, it's bright. You like go in this tent, you can't see anything. And then there's just this blue body of water in the middle. And I was like, is that where I'm going? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Let me, let me just like test the water. Usually it's cold, you know. I get in and it's warm. But it's not like, it's not like hot or too warm. It's like perfect, perfect yeah. warm. And I'm like, I just got in that hot tub. I didn't leave for seven hours, bro. 
Wow. Okay. I sat there. They're like, "You good?" I'm like, "Bro, I'm chilling." So you were prepared for as many takes as possible. We did. We did it. We did. You know, probably 60 takes. Wow. Because you know, we did the crane shot, we did the close up, we did the two shot, we did the wide, we did this shot, we did this shot. We did, you know, you're shooting all around trying to get everything, you know. And but the, you, the crux of this question is did you mess up on purpose to get so many shots? Nah. No, okay. Nah, Sorry, guys. Nah, you don't do that. <laughs> you, you know, unless. What? what? Yeah, what was that? Oh, that's what they all say. The only, the only you know, the, there's a fine line, right? Because it's a job. And you got to be professional. And Lana and I talked about that going into it. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that act in romantic films together, dramatic and comedic or whatever in between, um, and they do fall for each other, you know. And they and they start dating in real life, and it can create, you know, a, a weird environment on set because if you're if you're like, man, I love this person, and then three weeks later you're like, I can't stand this person, you know, then you got to work with them for another two weeks, and then you can't get the right hot tub scene if you're fighting that That's day. what I'm saying. So like there's a fine line, you know, and you don't wanna you don't wanna cross that line unless you both are like you can't you can't stop and you know the the, the situation like allows for it. I don't know. But no, no, you don't do that. It's a job at the end of the day. And you're your partner is in that job. So you don't you respect your partner and you don't do that. Yes. All right. Well <laughs> Thank you so much, Noah, for chatting with me. I know I don't have to remind you guys, but uh, to all the boys, P.S. I still love you. Hits Netflix on February 12th, just in time for Valentine's Day. So get excited for that. And until then, everyone, have a great night. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. 92Y Talks is supported by a generous endowment established by Daphne Reconati Kaplan and Thomas S. Kaplan. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find more great conversations at 92y.org archives.